Shira, hi. I'm here with my eight-year-old. Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. I'm here with my almost 10-year-old neighbor, Jake. Don't hurt me. Say hi. Hi. Jake, tell them your name. I'm Jake. What's your last name? And my last name is Feldman. Yeah, so that's Jake Feldman. He's really cool. Lives across the street from me. He obviously is not in school because it's August, but also... And because the C word. Yes, the C word. COVID. And um, (laughs) he's been looking for some fun things to do. So we thought it'd be really cool to have him on our podcast a little bit. So this upcoming bonus episode is going to feature Jake Feldman. Yes. Anything you want to say to the crowd? Elementary, I gotta say, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it can be. Very challenging. It really is. It's very mature of you to be able to recognize that. We are happy to have you here today, Jake. And thanks for joining us on Counter Counter Programming. And you're welcome. Hi, I'm Jay. And I'm Arielle. And, and we're, we're neighbors. neighbors. And you're listening to Counter Programming with Shira and Arielle. Woo! Hey, Counties. Shira and Arielle here. We're dropping in for a quick bonus episode. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here for our quick bonus episode. Just a note, we've also got two more co-hosts today for this short little episode. We've got my dog, Tucker. He's sitting right next to me. And we've got Jake. Say hi, Jake. Hi. You are tuned into Counter Programming, a podcast that we started in April as a way of distracting ourselves and you from the grim COVID-19 news. We focus on anything with the word count or counter in the title. We've learned along the way that while it's important to tune out the bad news sometimes, other times we must engage wholeheartedly. Coming at you today with a bonus episode because we're offering counter-programming to counter-programming that's going on right now. We'll explain what that means momentarily. momentarily. Very good. So Shira, to reiterate, what did Jake just tell us? That today we are countering some other counter programming. What'd you say, Jake? Like we're in progress. Yeah, we're definitely in progress right now. But what we're doing is right now in the world, there's something going on called the Democratic National Convention. Uh Have you heard of that? No. So it's when all the Democrats get together to, have you heard of Joe Biden? Yeah. He's going to be the president, hopefully. It's when all of the Democrats get together to say, Joe Biden, you're our nominee. You get to be the president or you get to be our nominee for president. Does that make sense? So it's like basically like a party that's going on right now in Milwaukee, but it's a little different because COVID. But basically, there's a lot of programming going on. But President Trump is offering what he's calling counter programming, which is news or other things on a different channel that other people can tune into. And as a result, because our podcast name is... Counter-programming. Yes, because our Nailed podcast name is counter-programming, we are offering counter-counter-programming to President Trump's counter-programming. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. As we head on into the election season, we'll be releasing a number of voting-related episodes. You can expect to hear from us with episodes such as Your Vote Counts! And counting down to the election and counties and gerrymandering. We want to make sure that all of our counties, that's you listeners, are registered to vote. And most importantly, that you have a voting plan. And we'll be sharing our voting plan soon as November 3rd comes around. But the focus of today's bonus episode is the DNC, aka the Democratic National Convention. 
You'll notice that this episode title doesn't necessarily have the word count or counter in the title, but because it is literally counter-programming to the counter-programming that's going on, we feel like it fits the bill. Oh. <laughs> Okay. You see, I was listening to Up First, which is NPR's morning podcast that offers a news roundup, and they mentioned that while the DNC is taking place this week, Trump is going to be offering counter-programming. They name-dropped our podcast. We're famous. We're famous, yeah. Really, they let us know that while the Democratic Party is trying to define its platform and get voters excited to vote come November, Trump is going to be using another channel to offer a counter-agenda. I'm sitting there tweeting, bing, 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 you press a button, bing, bing. I have to say that yesterday, while the NBC News coverage of the DNC was happening, I got so many texts from people saying that the newscasters were mentioning counter-programming. I love that. Yeah, so thank you Thank you, Savannah and Lester, for our our shout out. And thank you, Jake, for thinking that we're famous. (laughs) Great job. Thank you, Jake. No problem. Jake just got water, so you're going to hear some ice jingling. Anyways, all we have to say to President Trump is leave the counter-programming up to us. Bye, bing, bing. That's the end of that. You know, it's the only thing he can say. (laughs) We just needed to respond. We wanted to offer a few fun facts about presidential national conventions of years past, both Republican and Democrat. History is just a good time, so we thought this would be great. Exactly. So here we go. Here goes. That's right. First, what is a presidential national convert convention? Convention. Perfect. Well, thanks for asking, Jake. <laughs> a U.S. presidential nominating convention is a political convention that is held every four years in a rotating city in the U.S. by the major political parties who plan to field nominees for the upcoming presidential election. Is that basically a Democrat? So the Democrats and the Republicans both hold national conventions so that they can choose who their candidate is going to be. Ah, uh, That makes sense? Yeah. Cool. The purpose of these conventions is to choose the party's nominee for president, but also to adopt party principles and the larger party platform. Much more goes on throughout the week of the convention. Usually they are in person and in huge convention halls. But this year, of course, it's different. They're usually a really good time. I used to love watching them on TV. I was watching, I watched some of last night and some of the speeches were really awesome. Michelle yeah, I watched it. Too. It didn't have that that same oomph to it, but it still was a good time. Yeah, I mean, there is something special about bringing people together in person that we just can't replace. Right? Here are some fun facts about conventions of the past. Number one. The 2012 National Republican National Convention in Tampa, Florida, was forced to delay for a day due to an approaching hurricane. This is the second consecutive GOP convention where the opening day was delayed due to an approaching hurricane. In 2008, the convention in St. Paul, Minnesota, was delayed due to Hurricane Gustav making landfall in Louisiana. This is, however, the first instance where the threatened city is also the convention host. Might that be a sign, GOP conventions? I never even knew a Category 5 existed. Interesting. In 1944, President Franklin Roosevelt did not attend the Democratic Party convention that nominated him. Instead, highlighting his duties as a wartime president, he delivered his speech by radio from the San Diego Naval Base while on his way to Pearl Harbor. During the 1944 GOP convention in Chicago, local bar owner William Cianis hung a sign on his Billy Goat Tavern, no Republicans allowed. Naturally, Republicans swamped the place, and Cianis made out quite nicely from the convention. That was awesome. 
Harold Stassen, a former governor of Minnesota, Navy captain, and president of the University of Pennsylvania from 1948 to 1952, sought the Republican nomination for president no less than 12 times between 1948 and 2000. That's a lot of times. Yeah. In 1940, Eleanor Roosevelt became the, the first first lady to address a national pol- political convention. With war looming, she said, We cannot tell from day to day what may come. This is no ordinary time. No time for thinking about anything except what we can best do for the country as a whole. Good tag team. Tag team match. In 1976, Rep. Barbara Jordan of Texas was the first African-American to give the keynote address at a Democratic convention. She also keynoted the 1992 convention. In 1884, former Mississippi Rep. John Lynch became the first African-American keynote speaker at a Republican convention. Really good fun fact so far. This is the last one that we have. Channing Phillips, a minister from Washington, D.C., became the first African-American to receive a vote at a Democratic convention in 1968 with 67.5 delegate votes. Frederick Douglass, in 1888, became the first African-American to receive a vote at a Republican convention with one delegate vote, just one delegate vote. And that's back when uh, Republicans were the more progressive party. (laughs) Back in the day. And those facts came to us from CNN and History News Network. That's it. A short but sweet episode meant to troll Trump's trolling of the DNC. How much longer should we stay here, folks? Thanks for tuning in to this bonus counter-counter-programming episode. We'll be back on Wednesday with our next counter-programming episode. For now, if you just can't get enough of us, check back in our episode archive and listen to our past episodes. Thank you, as always, to Daniel Turek, our sound mixer, and to Jason Shaw, who composes our music. Bye, Shira. Bye, Ariel. Bye, Jake. Bye, Trump. <laughs> that was good. Where have they gone?